3: No know what an excuse is? An excuse is an explanation of failure. Excuses are all you get from rat Democrats. It's all they have. They have no successes. Only explanations of failure. Now, my favorite part about all of these numbers that everyone's pretending has something to do with one oligarch with a tiny giraffe who likes to ride around horseback without his shirt on. Versus another oligarch who, when he was a comedian, he made me laugh my ass off. I'll tell you, aside from that Trojan horse of distraction, all of these numbers that we're complaining about happened before, before Putin went into Ukraine. All right, so I like watching war with the rest of you. Turn on NBC and CNN. I don't know which tank is getting blown up. It's all very riveting. Doesn't have anything to do with the pain we're feeling here. The explanations of failure, the excuses coming out of Pippi livestocking and the most corrupt political party and political administration to ever hold control of the White House, the Senate, and the Congress, all at the same time, is nothing but trying to deceive you from the real mission, which is this. They need this kind of economic failure. This is where they can move forward their agenda of a welfare kind of envy society where you've got enough people on welfare so that they envy all of those people not on welfare so that you turn over all of your power to your very abuser and the one who is responsible for what you're feeling the government see because in america there are actually morons out there who think the government isn't occupied by corrupt political apparatchiks. Those are the only people in those administrations. That's it. In those little bureaucracies. Pick one. What do you like? The EPA loaded with political kiss-asses who got their job and their position where they wait for break, just like all other municipal workers, by sucking up to the people in power. So right now, the Democrats don't only control the White House, the Senate, and Congress. They control all of these foot soldiers of bureaucracies. They absolutely do. That's who makes it up. Because can it be that I am the only person that remembers in 2012 the largest oil find in history? You see, in the past 100 years, in all of human industrial industry, we've consumed one trillion barrels of oil. One trillion. There are several times that and much more, says Roger Day, Vice President of Operations, for American shale oil, you remember the shale boom in the northwestern section of our country, going from where Colorado to the ocean, oceans of oceans of oil. And here's the thing about American oil: if you've ever read the book Titan or even looked into it, our oil is the lightest, the sweetest crude. It's absolutely true, and the way in which we pull it out of the earth is the cleanest. So if the eco-Nazis that are now in charge of your life actually gave a rip about the environment, they certainly would not be promoting oil from a tyrant in a slave camp. They wouldn't do it. In fact, I remember when Donald Trump went before the UN, that comedy show of bureaucracy, and dismantled Maduro.
4: you remember it? We are also committed to supporting those people in the western hemisphere who live under brutal oppression such as those in Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. According to a recent report from the UN Human Rights Council, women in Ven- That's important.
3: The UN Human Rights Council. There's a reason we all know so many new immigrants and I'm glad they're here because they were formerly victims and prisoners of these dictators around the world, specifically the scum Maduro Venezuela
4: as well as stand in line for ten hours a day waiting for food. Over fifteen thousand people have been detained as political prisoners. Modern day death squads are carrying out thousands of extrajudicial killings. The dictator Maduro is a Cuban puppet, protected by Cuban bodyguards, hiding from his own people, while Cuba plunders Venezuela's oil wealth to sustain its own corrupt communist rule. Since I last spoke in this hall, the United States and our partners have built a historic coalition of 55 countries that recognize the legitimate government of Venezuela. To the Venezuelans trapped in this nightmare, please know that all of America is united behind you, the United States has vast quantities of humanitarian aid ready and waiting to be delivered. We're watching the Venezuela situation very closely. We await the day when democracy will be restored. It's never restored. All they
3: were waiting the day for was for oil to go above $100 a barrel. And now, what is the new feeling of Venezuela?
5: With regard to, to Venezuela... Um, we have a set of interests with uh, Venezuela. They include, of course, supporting uh, the Democratic aspirations, uh, aspirations of the Venezuelan people.
3: Listen to this butter-handed pansy with his shark eyes. Anthony Blinken, whose only real qualification is he fits real nicely in Joe Biden's lap.
5: Uh, they include uh, securing the release of Americans who are unjustly detained there.
3: What about the Venezuelans? Oh, you mean the Americans that were kidnapped? What you're referring to are the ones that were kidnapped, the oil executives. Oh, yeah, once again, it's all about oil. But now you've worked out a nice little deal behind closed doors. And you're going to enrich these tyrants. You're going to enrich the rapists, the murderers, and the scum that even the U.N. agreed was torturing its people, right? Anthony Blinken, that's the nice thing about a Democrat. They always have a price. And when they sell out, man, oh, man, do they sell out. Gustavo Cárdenas, second from the left, is one of
6: six executives of CITCO, the U.S.-based affiliate of Venezuela's state-owned oil company, sentenced to between 9 and 15 years in prison in Caracas. His release and that of Cuban-American Jorge Alberto Fernández, accused of terrorism for flying a drone in Venezuela, are the first tangible results of a secret meeting last weekend between Venezuelan President Nicolás Maduro and three
3: White House envoys. Wait, 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 wait. Three White House envoys. Last week? Last week you went and met and you lined all this up and you lined the money up and the rest of it. Huh? All of a sudden you don't care about the women, about the rapists, about the torture, about democracy. Oh, that's my favorite one. Nice thing about a Democrat. Not only are they a whore, they're cheap.
5: And happily last night, uh, as you heard, two Americans, Gustavo Cardenas and uh, Jorge uh, Fernandez. Uh, were uh, released. They've been wrongfully detained. They're now reunited with their
3: families. These guys are like the January 6th protesters.
5: And it's also true that we have uh, an interest globally uh, in maintaining a steady supply of energy, including through our diplomatic efforts. So all of these...
3: See, but they'd rather do this. This is the broader point. They'd rather bribe the tyrants because, after all, they philosophically agree with the Marxist Maduro. They philosophically agree with the communist murdering scum Castro and the Cuban communists. They agree with them philosophically. They just don't like their tactics. They don't stand on any principle because if they had any and they cared about the earth and all the rest of the BS they keep hiding behind the virtue shields, they would pull the American oil. You know the one that we have enough for 10,000 years. And they refuse. They refuse to pull it out because their idea of a society is one that is beholding to them. So when you hear these inflation numbers, this is not failure the way you and I perceive it. This is the success of hiring this sock-wetting dimwit you call president.
7: Breaking here just moments ago, brand new numbers on inflation. So let's get straight to CNN chief business correspondent Christine Romans. All right, what do they say, Christine?
8: They say that inflation is accelerating. These are pre-war numbers as well. So... Many people had thought we'd see a peak in inflation in March, maybe. Well, now we have a war in Russia not captured, a war in Ukraine not captured here. Uh, Year over year, 7.9 percent is the inflation number. That is a 40-year high, month over month up eight-tenths of a percent. That shows that even month-to-month inflation is accelerating. It is gas, it is shelter, it is food, groceries, all these things you basically can't live without are rising here. So when you dig into these numbers, you can see just why so many Americans are so sour on the economy, uh, on those opinion polls. It's because they're paying more for just about everything. Used cars, look at that, Brianna, 41% from last year. Gasoline up 38%. And again, these numbers don't capture the big disruption in the economy um, from Putin's war in Ukraine. We'll continue to watch these numbers. That's just
3: energy. That's just energy because the energy is the goal. You remember who's in charge of transportation. The only, the only head of any bureaucracy that knows exactly how to get Merlot out of cashmere, Pete Buttigieg. And when guys. it comes to the gas tax, look, the reality is we are going to have to graduate from the gas tax because we're going to have to graduate from gas. We know that it is not a viable long-term funding mechanism for our highways. We got- but Pete Buttigieg knows once you can't afford to drive, then guess where you're going to turn? Where are you going to turn? This morning, every cent adding up
6: over the not-so-subtle spike at the pump.
9: And it's not going to get better. It didn't didn't happen yesterday, and it won't be over tomorrow.
10: Twenty bucks will me two days in this big old truck.
6: Two days. From coast to coast, the costly reality already forcing some drivers to shift habits.
9: Probably use the motorcycle hopefully more often than not, and uh, carpool as
8: often as possible.
6: In Texas, middle school teacher Meredith Averett just bought a new car for a commute. She's rethinking.
7: May have to start you know, taking public transportation at
3: this point because... And now there it is. All their BS high-speed rail where they pay off their campaign contributors. Now the mafia really has you knuckled under. And now it fits right into their agenda. And the whole time they have the answer right under our own American feet. We don't need a drop of anything from any dictator. From any shirtless oligarch riding a bear or a horse, or from any comedian who makes me laugh my ass off. Not a one of them. All well, we got all our answers right here. The problem is, all the corruption is right here as well in the American Soviet Party you call Democrats. 312 642 5600. I'll take your calls when I get back.
11: AM 560. The answer.
3: You see, the problem with uh, America is it's based in. Property rights, property-ism. The only reason we call the economic system of property rights capitalism is because a Marxist gave it that name. The American system of an economy is called capitalism incorrectly. It's property-ism. And all people in this country have the right to the property. Now, property doesn't just mean stuff. It means property over your own life. How can government take it away from you in a society that's built on it? They can tax it away from you raise the cost to where you cannot afford it, and you have to sell off your property just to exist. And that's how you overtake a society built on property rights, by destroying the affordability to have that property. And now you see after COVID, you don't even have property rights over your body. This is the plan. So as you see Pippi livestocking come on day after day, make excuses. As you see different conflicts get their attention, even though conflicts have been going on long before they got hurt, and we'll go on long after. This is all, nothing more than an explanation of failure, an excuse to buy time. Because before you know it, the quicksand of socialism is too expensive for most to afford. Tim DeKalb.
6: Hey, Sean. Hey,
3: good, good points, my friend. The thing
6: with the Republican Party or Republicans in general is they do not know how to communicate the wonderful life of conservatism the wonderful life of of just being a conservative person. And the Democrats then basically promise to people who are middle-income earners or less a life of you out, and that needs to stop. We need to show people why our life is better.
3: Our neighborhoods are better. Our families are better. I will say this to you, and I want to know what your thoughts are on it. I reject the word conservative. Because it's been bastardized, number one. Number two, it doesn't mean anything. And if you go back to the original meaning of it, to conserve what? The reality is you've got, a, you've got a fraud of a man without a chin who looks like an old lady. His name is Mitch McConnell, who is the head of the conservative party. He is, what, the number seven most corrupt sitting politician? Only he's only outnumbered by the top six Democrat frauds? So I, I reject conservative I call myself an American and i believe in americanism and that's the party of my political beliefs it's not republican it's not democrat i will not be swindled into a con which is all we have to pick from tim so what we need is an americanism an american party that is steeped in the principles of american law and property rights goes along with that and the only way to save this is to reestablish it i have a caller on the line that says when is enough enough and the conflict. The reason people in Illinois feel that is because you've, you've been living under that thumb for so long you think that's how it is in this country. It's not. There are 21 states that fight for propertyism and Americanism. Thank you, Tim. I love the call. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Carlos, Hoffman Estates.
2: Hey, listen, Shawnee, you're spot on today, man. They don't want anyone owning anything. They don't want someone owning a car or putting gas in your car because a car equals freedom. You know what I'm saying? They don't want you to have freedom.
3: Carlo, do you you know why all of these self-described erudites, all of these pseudo-intellectual elitists who hide in a socialist utopia of a university or hide in a a trust fund neighborhood like Oak Park and never earned a dollar in their life, but yet they walk around as if they're better than everyone and they hate the only system of of an economic uh, ideology that allows someone to come here with nothing, but he can turn a wrench. And before you know it, that guy owns four auto mechanic stores and has more money than the trust fund baby who did nothing. That is why they hate the American propertyism, or referred to as capitalism. They hate it, and they work tirelessly to create a system that strips money away from the earners. Well, it only gives it to the people who are loyal subjects to the state. That is what's happening, and you're exactly right. They hate the idea that you don't have to follow their Rube Goldberg system of life to be successful. That's why guys like you, guys who come here eight years ago from the, from the former Soviet Union and now own 15 construction companies, they're their, their biggest fear of the pseudo-intellectual American elitist Democrat. That's why they try to destroy you through failure. whole time telling you it's your fault. Thank you, Carlos. I appreciate it. Roger on the south side. Hey, how All
12: right. are you? What's going Good. on? Good. Hey, uh, not uh, Carlos, the call before him, just one real quick thing I want to say. The people who are lifelong Republicans or go along with this conservative word like you said, he said oh, we need to show them uh, You know what a good way of life it is. They're not looking for that. Showing them is not going to do a damn thing. Nothing. You know, right now we're at a point where the, the, the ship's going to go over. They almost have us where they want. If we do not score 125 seats in, in, this, uh, in the primary or in November elections, uh, you're talking about a way of life, as you've seen it here, being ruined for your children. and grandchildren. Yeah,
3: but, Roger, I pose this to you, and you're on the south side of Chicago, and you've probably been there a while. Your way of life in your mind, the way you thought it was, the way you <laughs> experienced wild. it, it's already gone. Yeah. The, the point that I want to make you oh, is yeah. the desperation you feel is because you're a prisoner, a political prisoner right now of the Illinois Marxist mafia. And what you need to do is focus on how to save it from a stronghold, high ground position. That's the only answer as far as I can see, because it, it's not like that everywhere, Roger. And that's what everybody has to learn to experience. When a system has been overtaken, when the corruption is so systemic that a hand puppet of a mafia boss like Mike, Mike Madigan is now the Speaker of the House that a collaborator for generations in the corruption that brought down Illinois sits in the governor's mansion for no reason other than the fact he fits like a beanbag in the corner. You already are done. And what's going to happen in the new conservative Republican world? You see who's got the money of the favorite billionaire, a Democrat running as a Republican in Irving. That's how you know that state. You might as well dress like the Tidy Bowl man and flush it. Dave, Downers Grove. Hey,
10: Sean, now, before you hang up, I mean, I want to tell you about a documentary. But first off, I, I've seen this coming for months. I, I've been telling people to stock up for the food shortages and the pricing because uh, right now it's going to get worse because other countries are starting to halt their exports of commodities. So there's going to be a bigger shortage in the future. Yeah. Um, but, but the documentary I, wanted, I want people to watch is a pretty good eye-opener. Friday, uh, YouTube it's is censoring
3: it. You couldn't wait till tomorrow? YouTube, Go ahead, give it to
10: me. Uh, YouTube is censoring it. So I had to watch that rumble, but it, it's it's uh, Ukraine and Fire by Oliver Stone. Excellent. It came out it, it, excellent, isn't it? It excellent. came out in 2016 By the, the way the same Dave, players today
3: in there. You're gonna want to tune in tomorrow, brother. You're gonna want to tune in tomorrow. But honey bunny, did we ever schedule that appointment I wanted you to schedule? Oh, she can't hear me? All right. This is, I got a treat for you tomorrow. You're going to love it. And I'm going to take the rest of your calls when I get back. Right after this.
11: AM 560, the answer.
3: You know, I haven't taken a train since I was a runner at the Merck. Is the TSA in the train stations? Anybody know that? Because uh, on the screen right here, TSA to extend mask mandates for the public transportation until april 18th (laughs) i love it now everybody's got to take public transportation and ta-da you're a slave again keep playing right into their hands don't worry about the oil we got here we have enough for a thousand years nah let's not pull it out peter chicago Sean, i just left costco
10: gas
12: station 529 a gallon for premium and what i want to know and i don't know how to find this information out maybe you do I want to know how many of the scumbags in Washington had options on oil and when did they buy it? Because to me, it seems like they all put in options I and was, waited
3: for this incredible gain. And I was just looking into this. I, got, I, have to, I have to review the site. I was driving. You know, I like to drive and do my research. I was driving and um, they said there was something like 68 Congress birthing people and others in Congress, that for the first time traded oil and oil companies and various uh, uh, logistics uh, venues for delivering oil. For the first time ever, three weeks ago. And you're going to tell me to fix wasn't in. There you go. It's very, and here's the other thing, Peter. You went to Costco, and you got a deal, because Costco sells it cheaper than most places. Brother, this is a pickle. And thank a Democrat or a never-Trumper. That's who gave it to you. Thank you, Peter. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. I got my daughter's now. You know, we're going to spend a couple weeks together, and it's just, I love it. They're home from college. I love it. Love it. And we're tooling around, and I said, come on, I'm going to go get some gas. I just filled up, $73. dollars whoo I'll tell you what. It's what happens when you get a socialist in office. Socialism is expensive, and only the rich can really afford it. The poor, they just wallow in the ghettos, and that's the plan. Stan, can't you figure it out? Take a look at Chicago. Who do you need now? You need help from who? Oh, the abuser, Jim Lake Forest. Hey, Sean,
9: enjoy the show every day and listen a lot. Uh, Thank you, spent 30 years in broadcast management, and you do a great job. But I'm calling in with your comment about Mitch. And although I've, you know, uh, donated to the Republican Party, every time they start sending the letters, I just write a letter across it, just says, Ditch Mitch. Oh, I Because love he is a just a mumble-mouthed buffoon that is not the good image that we want to portray.
3: His and brother-in-law you, is, a, is, mm-hmm. a, is a vice president. He's a big shot. I want to say Blackstone. The corruption oh, in the Mitch McConnell <laughs> family. You know, the wife. Yeah. Do you ever see the wife, first of the all? Wife. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. She's a lovely yeah. girl. And you look at oh, this. Yeah. What do you think she was attracted to in Mitch? Do you take a look at Mitch? <laughs> He's Power. the reason hookers he are 500 is. an hour. I mean, this is the ugliest son of a dog ever to walk the earth. But he is a seller, and he is a I'm billionaire. Jump
9: back, jump back a little bit on, on your conversation and everything else. I grew up in Gary. I worked in the steel mills through undergrad and graduate school, and fortunate enough to be living in Lake Forest now. But uh, for too many people, those dreams are history. You know, and what? I feel terrible about it. But
3: when I was in, in the, I was filling up the car. I got my kids in the car, and my daughters are in college. And uh, she said, my God, they, they, you know, it's expensive. And we went for lunch. She's like, oh, look at the prices. And you're exactly right, Jim. At least when we were kids, that dream of doing better than our parents was obtainable. All you had to oh, do yeah. was be a capitalist. Now, if you want to be rich, all you have to do is be a politician. That's how you know we are a socialist country. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it very much. And that's damn right, boys and girls. This is a socialist country. This is the plan. This was the plan. And now all you're going to get is various excuses.
6: Thank you, Jen. We just heard you say again that you think inflation is going to be temporary. We've heard you say that it was going to be temporary since last spring. So how long do you guys think temporary is?
7: Well, again, Peter, I think what we do is we rely on the assessments of the Federal Reserve and of outside economic analysts who give an assessment of how long it will last. The expectation. Wait a minute. Did she say the
3: Federal Reserve? She said the Federal Reserve. I know she did. I saw Mrs. Doubtfire, another handsome woman. I saw her earlier today. Really protected most
2: Americans from severe financial crisis consequences of the pandemic so that uh, they're, by and large, in good financial shape.
3: You're in good financial shape. You could afford this. She protected you. And the Federal Reserve that bankrupted America, they protected you. It was all for you. Have you had enough or are you sick of winning? You want to know how long it's going to last when they say transitory? Until you throw every rat bastard Democrat out of every office. That's how long it's going to last. Because we saw what can happen when a man who understands at least a little bit of capitalism... How fast you can turn around and go down and pay $1.70 for gas. And oil can be $30 a barrel. It can be $30 a barrel tomorrow. If you let American companies pull out the lightest, the sweetest, the cleanest crude that just heats you up in the winter, cools you off in the summer, drive around with your hair down and you're blowing around in your convertible if you got one. And when you fill up, it's $38. Remember those days? Well, that's what you're going to be telling your grandkids one day. Mitch explains.
2: You know, Sean, you know, when um, LBJ realized that the president in Dallas was shot and assassinated, his very first call was to Bobby Kennedy. He goes, I need to sell that Halliburton stock. OK, <laughs> so let me tell you something, folks. OK, this whole thing about the oil, the Democrats, sloppy Joe Biden back in 2014, knew this was going to happen. Of course they hedged their bets. They had this all lined up. You didn't think that sloppy Joe Biden didn't realize the unintended consequences of going in if if Russia went into Ukraine and how that would affect the prices of oil to, to the person who previously called. Yes. They were pulling in on it because that's how these, what I call, he said, these gangster Democrats, going all the way back to LBJ, they have done this again and again, decade after decade. People don't realize that they don't do their research. They don't do any type of what I call investigative reporting. The bottom line is this, folks, the wolf has been pulled over your eyes. Okay? And you should be thankful that this guy Sean, this current person that I'm talking to, has the balls to bring out the hypocrisy and these idiots called Democrats. Sean, you're nice to us
3: all. I love it. You're going to do my next contract negotiations, Mitch. Keep it real. By the way, did the uh, lottery lower the prices of school? Did the cannabis sales lower your property taxes? Did any of the revenue from the gangster casinos help out the people? What happened to that money? Man, oh, man, it's like the inside trading in Illinois. You got to love a mafia Democrat. They run it just like one. Except I remember when I was a kid. The gangsters were men. They were heterosexuals. They dressed like men. They had hands like sandpaper. Those days are gone. Now you got little Irish yard gnomes, big fat guys that are their sons and cousins, corks on the fork on Thanksgiving. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back.
11: AM 560, the answer.
3: Every scatter when I shine the bright light
12: of reason. I'm Larry Elder. Join me tonight at seven, right here on AM
10: 560. The answer.
3: I'm calling in that Larry Elder is showing up. Every municipality, every county, every state, a mafia Democrat runs. It's not only riddled with corruption, it's riddled with failure. Never Trump or scum and the average Democrat welfare roach and those in on the scam. Gave you an 80-year-old dementia patient and all of his moron, his moron administration, children, children like Deese, economic advisor.
12: I think it's the, the, the path and the trajectory is clear. There is no amount of domestic production that we can do when we're dealing with a volatile global commodity where the price is set globally. There's No,
3: you set the price, stupid, especially when you have the bulk of the commodity. That's how you control the market, through competition, through success. It's always how the way. And then you have your transportation secretary. Oh, he's beautiful.
4: All right. I pledge my
3: heart. I pledge my heart. To the rainbow. To the rainbow. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. One camp.
2: One camp. Full of pride. Full of pride. Indivisible. Indivisible. With affirmation
10: and equal rights for all. With
2: affirmation and equal rights for all. Watch your
3: heads. There you go. That's the husband. Same thing. Preposterous. This is what happens when you put Democrats in charge of anything. John Waukegan.
12: Sherman, or I should say, uh, Sean, you are the windbag of our age. Do you remember
6: Sherman Skulnick? No. You know, he was like you. What did he ever change?
3: Or- I hate Democrats from Waukegan. I hate Illinois Democrats. They're a step below Illinois scum of all kinds. The racists jacked, yes. the union thugs let me guess waukegan Walkegan. how does a democrat get to Walkegan? you inherit the money or you're part of one of those mafia unions what do you got you got one of those contracts how about a ghost job those are always the best way for these democrats scum to pretend to be men let him wallow in the failure go john go pay for gas and by the way the gas that everyone, every real American's upset about because we know the reason you're here is because you put Democrats in charge, it's going to be a deal now. So in a year and a half when it's $9, guess who fills up? Me, dummy, not you, unless you tap into daddy's trust fund or your ghost pension that you had to kiss ass for 30 years. That's how you can afford to be a Democrat. You have a trust fund or a ghost job. You kiss the right ass, you get that pension you pretend you earned, well, you developed a couple of love handles, and you're fine. Because that's the only way to survive a socialist, corrupt society. Be in on it, the scum that they are. Matt in Gray's Lake.
1: Hey, Sean, how are you? Very good. I don't know if you saw the the text I sent you yesterday, but you know Biden, uh, three years ago, told us that he was going to do this and blast the gas prices way up high. In 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 a, a couple of his uh, appearances on on uh, debates, he said no more. Uh, permits for any drilling on federal lands no more new i had played the clip yesterday i
3: I played the clip yesterday
1: here here's the thing you know pete pete whatever his last name is said everybody needs to have electric cars i did a little math yesterday right now we produce 4.1 trillion megawatt hours per year
6: Mm
1: -hmm. entire electric production in the united states Last year, 280 million cars were registered in the United States. So, if you do the math on those 280 million dollars, uh, 280 million. Man, cars, I
3: could save you all this aggravation. Go ahead, give us your answer.
1: We just to just to charge them five times a week each.
3: Mm-hmm. We would
1: have to produce double the electricity that we produce now. Right. Just to keep electrical, you know, power. And it would to take everybody. you. T- it
3: would take you three and a half hours. The cost savings is nothing. And by the way, Tesla just increased their prices. The Tesla, the ones that were the least expensive, now over hundred grand, And Tesla is the best one. You're not going to buy that fix or repair daily, are you? The lightning. And I love it if you live in a climate that's hot or cold. You're going to love that. I can't wait to see you waiting around to get your energy charger. You'll be like Jill waiting around for Joe on Saturday night. Takes about an hour.
0: From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show.
2: All
3: totalitarian states have various weapons to use against individuality, against the citizens. It's evident that science is going to be the weapon of choice of the American Soviets. You witnessed it, you experienced it firsthand with the pandemic or plandemic. You realize that here we are a year after three vaccines and all of the lockdowns, all of the totalitarian movements, the seizure of your Americanism, seizure of your civil liberties and rights. COVID cases in U.S. year over year are separated by 7,000 This year over last year, the deaths, a mere 75, as 1,810 people died today. Doesn't seem to be that those who have been quoting science and using it as a scepter of abuse were right about anything. Michael Beatrice has a new book, COVID-19, The Science Versus the Lockdowns. Michael, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for writing the book. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate that. So it appears, you know, I never bought it, brother. Never for a minute. I'm one of those guys, I, you know, when politicians tell me anything, my knee-jerk reaction, my only reaction is shut your mouth, you're wrong, or you're corrupt. That's how I view it, but you'll have to forgive me. I'm from Chicago, Illinois, where they perfected government abuse in America. Yeah, was Chicago I wrong was overall? A- Did we lose you?
13: No, I'm here. I was just commenting, Chicago was a, Illinois and Chicago were very difficult places to live for the last couple of years.
3: Yeah, so much so that many of us fled to a state where flip-flops are the proper attire in Florida, and the governor fought for your American rights, and the numbers were even better.
13: Yeah, you know, it was really crazy. I I wrote a chapter called Lockdown Hypocrites uh, in in the book, and uh, your governor actually gave me a lot of ammunition to work with, you know, his wife going down during the uh, first spring lockdown down to Florida, and then his uh, daughter, uh, you know, participating in equestrian uh, athletics in other states when they were locked down in Illinois. <laughs> so of the yeah. stuff you can't make up.
3: I, and I would tell listeners who said, What do you mean you're going to move to Florida? How could you, you know, move to Florida? Well, I'm going to treat myself like a Pritzker spouse. I am as good as, believe me, I think I'm much better looking than the Pritzker spouses out there. However, the reality is I wanted to protect my Americanism. And I saw an opportunity to really kind of have fact beyond the shadow of a doubt that it is better to live in in a state based on american principles rather than a fascistic democrat corrupt mafia state and um you've written 15 books and i'm assuming you've done tremendous amounts of research and i'm curious to know if your findings substantiate my opinion
13: they do. So all my books prior to COVID were business books, but I've written two books on COVID now: uh, lockdowns on trial and then the science versus the lockdowns. And honestly, uh, Sean, I came into this uh, just an everyday American, uh, minding my own business. And but I was looking at the um, the original cruise ship data, kind of recreationally, uh, and we 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 really didn't have a lot of activity there. And then when we had that first model that predicted over two million people would die by the summer of 2020. I started piecing apart the model and applying it to the demographics in the cruise ship, because it was really a perfect scientific experiment. It was perfect, self-contained, et cetera, and uh, no mitigations. And so we should have had 155 people die according to the models on their cruise ships. And we had 10 out of 7,500, and age stratified toward the elderly, too. And so I thought, wow, we're really off the rails. And then when uh, when we locked down, I mean, I think uh, your state was enough second to lock down within hours after California, and uh, uh, and then we were on our way. And so that that was really what triggered my research. And yeah, the you know after all the research I've done, comparing countries, comparing states that had loose and tight restrictions, there's been real no no data correlation between restrictions and mask mandates and uh, lesser COVID activity. There, there just isn't. The highest correlation is actually, um, worldwide, is obesity. Honestly, it's, it's, it's you know, because the age stratification is the same kind of everywhere. If you want the real X factor after the elderly, it's really obesity. The states and countries with low obesity had low, lower COVID impacts, and the states with, uh, and countries with higher obesity got hammered.
3: And, you know, unlike you, I, I, I have always been political. I was raised by somebody political. It is my sport. I don't watch sports. It's all I focus on. So I have always been very strong in my political opinions. This, to me, was the most obvious misuse of perceived political power I had ever seen. And the idea that we have government officials in a country that's built on the American individuality and the unalienable rights of the citizens and their ability to now extort and coerce people into putting Chemicals in their body in which they've already prepaid for, and the people who provide those chemicals are held harmless from side effects. I needed somebody like you to come along who wasn't so political, who was a numbers person, who said, let me just look at this. I underestimated our government's ability to censor information and control the narratives. Have you found that to be your biggest problem?
13: And big tech has really censored it. I mean, what big tech's done. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, I've got I'm as politically inclined as anybody, but I don't talk about it because I I want the data to stand on its own merits. And I've had interviews uh, uh, banned on you know that I've done with with um, you know your peers, and they've been banned and blocked off of uh, YouTube. It's really crazy. And uh, and so yeah, it, it's it's a very surreal time. I mean, you know, you, I I do think it's good that we got the vaccines out, right? And and then let's say even indemnifying. The manufacturers, we can debate that, but it's mandating it because the vaccines have some protective benefit, but they've also got more side effects than any other vaccines that have been out, and so it's not, you know, doing a one-size-fits-all mandate is insane. It's more a surgical thing where if you fall into one of these at-risk buckets, and in my opinion, minus uh, getting opinion, getting some feedback from a doctor, you know, if you're over 50 or you're overweight or you've got severe Diabetes or asthma, those are you're all good candidates to take the vaccine. There's some protective benefit there. But if you're healthy and under 30, it's insane to take the vaccines because you're a one in a million, you know, risk of of having a serious covid situation. And so mandating these things, um, it just doesn't follow the science, Sean.
3: When you were um, doing studies, what was the country that took the most laissez faire approach to it?
13: Well, I mean, Sweden's got that reputation. Certainly, Uh, they've they've uh, they were sort of the control group uh, of of the EU uh, for sure. But you know, even within America, I don't like doing too many. I mean, like uh, too many comparisons. There, Sweden's really you know about the size of Michigan, and uh, and a little bit isolated, a little different. Um, Really, the best comparisons we can make is is look at the Dakotas and look at Florida and look at certain pockets, right. and when you look at those control groups that had very few restrictions, uh, did they do worse than the places that had tight restrictions? I'm just telling you, there's no correlation. I could stand up in front of Congress and, and crush Dr. Fauci and Dr. Walensky in a debate only because the data just presents itself as there's just not a correlation between masks and lockdowns and a better COVID result.
3: What is the um, what is the 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 willingness to have you speak before political bodies. I, I know that Senator Ron Johnson, this has been something he's wanted to uh, explore, and this is something he wants to talk to. I also noticed that there has been a media blackout on this kind of information. After your book, has anyone reached out to you to kind of discuss the undeniable data that the the two-year re- reaction to the pandemic has uh, resulted in? Has anybody wanted to discuss this on a political level to give you that kind of platform
13: no that that hasn't happened I mean I've sent my book and had I've had uh, communications with uh, a couple different governors uh, including Kristi Noem and uh, but I, I mean Rand Paul's actually done a, a pretty good job of, uh, of, of stating the facts and the science as it stands uh, I, I'm not sure the only thing that I would do different than what Johnson and Paul have done in these Senate hearings is ask them to justify these mandates relative to this burden of proof concept, which is comparing these states, comparing these cities that have these, these um, situations in Michigan, was a very tightly uh, locked down state. They, they entered the top top uh, eight at one point in COVID deaths. The Dakotas are both out of the top 20. They were the least restricted States going. Uh, And so uh, somebody has to answer to that. And I'd like to hear. And so that's the only real question I haven't seen, The Senate committee asked Dr. Walensky, who really should be more the target than Fauci, because the CDC sets these rules, these guidelines, and that's what gets followed. Fauci really should have, he's really less the target, in my opinion, than than the CDC and Walensky at this point.
3: The Drudge Report lists COVID cases daily and deaths daily. As I look at what's happening in our society, it's almost laughable that people are just ignoring it now, because I think even the most willing slave among Americans are sick and tired of it for the most part. But the cases today and the deaths today are indistinguishable from a year ago. They run a year over year daily um, um, numbers of these, of these cases and deaths. Are you astonished that this isn't being talked about? I mean, I, I they were talking about metrics and percentages and we would have daily briefings from our beanbag, pretending to be a governor and he would tell us how he was saving our lives as people were losing their businesses and kids were thrust into depression and you forever changed just the adolescent overlook or or outlook on America. Uh, Have you found a suitable answer as to why all of a sudden right now, with cases indistinguishable from a year ago, everything's fine now?
13: Yeah, it's it's the midterm elections. I mean, it's really there's really no question about it. Uh, the one thing that you would give up power for and give up the emergency uh, authorizations for for future funding and for some of this control, uh, you would you would trade that for winning an election. And so uh, the polling is so disastrous around the lockdowns right now and around uh, school closures or around uh, school mask mandates that you're willing to give up all that power just to have a shot at. at Getting reelected or, or having your party hold. And so it, 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 I really do believe it's going to be, you know, you look, I'm sure you saw this, you follow this stuff, right? That the mm-hmm. um, the thing that came out, I think, a week ago, that uh, consultant uh, group within the Democrat Party around uh, things that the messaging that they need to um, to start uh, taking hold of and communicating out in order to have a a shot at the midterms, right? I mean, it was all about, you know, basically say COVID's over, you know, and mask mandates are behind us, and all this kind of stuff. And so it's really not about the science at all. But, um, you know, to set some people at ease, because you probably have a few listeners in in the uh, Illinois area that really believe the mask mandates in schools or with kids are important. And I'm telling you, there's no correlating data uh, with mask mandates and suppressed COVID. And the reason is, uh, I, I mean, I did illustrations of this in the book, but the pore size in a cloth or a surgical mask, it are, it's hundreds of times larger than the size of a virus, of an aerosol particle, the SARS-CoV-2 viral particle. That's why they don't work. I mean, again, I came into this not really knowing a, a lot of this. I did hardcore research on this. And so when you get knowledge, you get comfortable with, with you know, you're landing on this point of view. And so for me, it wasn't ever about freedom and liberties. It was really about science, and science really didn't support
3: any of this stuff. One of the things that was a benefit to COVID was that it seemed to have cured the the flu, the regular flu. You know, the one that was 50 times more likely to kill kids than COVID-19. Are you amazed at the amount of so-called scientists, so-called doctors, and um, people around the country that should have stood up and said, what about the flu? Did you find anything that, that substantiates my claim that the regular flu was more dangerous to kids than the COVID-19 pandemic?
13: Well, uh, so it, it's a twofold answer. One, um, if you look at average flu deaths in youth uh, prior to uh, COVID, um, it, it, the flu killed more people, more kids than, uh, than COVID. It's about a two to one ratio. Uh, that that's just data. That's just a hard fact. Um, and so when, when we locked down originally, there was an expectation that a pandemic like this, the primary spreaders of the flu are kids. Parents know this. And so they expected school closings to correlate to suppressed activity. There's a lot of data on this. Uh, and so that's why you lock down schools. What happened with COVID, and we knew this by the time May or June rolled around of 2020, is kids were inefficient spreaders and they really didn't get sick. Healthy kids really didn't get sick from COVID. Uh, and so we, we sort of threw that out. The other answer to your question is COVID as a dominant virus worldwide really took over from the flu. So we went over a year with really having very, very few um, flu cases and flu deaths, um, COVID just dominated that. And so when you hear people say, well, the reason that we had fewer flu cases is because we wore masks and we, self, we isolated and social distance and all that stuff. Well, that's exactly how COVID spreads. That's exactly how SARS-CoV-2 spreads. So the reason that the flu went away is it just got supplanted by uh, COVID-19 and it'll, it'll end up resurfacing again.
3: So the reality is the World Health Organization called their meeting on the regular flu and said that it had killed 8.5 million people, 8.4, if I remember correctly, worldwide, and it was a danger, and we had to uh, face the fact that the, the flu was dangerous. Eighteen months later, 14 months later, COVID comes out. We stopped hearing about those deaths. Is it possible that the flu deaths were wrapped into COVID-19 cases and the COVID-19 numbers, the, even the ones that you're, you're looking at, had been bastardized and corrupted?
13: I'd say, probably. My opinion is probably not. I mean, the the more the the better uh, interpretation of some of this data is, based on looking auditing uh, some audits that have been done in different communities. We probably have somewhere between a thirty to forty percent inflation of COVID deaths. And so, what that means is, if we had a million COVID deaths, uh, probably. Um, 350,000 of those, let's say, Uh they probably died with COVID, you know, testing positive, but it was incidental and they died of something else. And so the real numbers are still substantial and they're still higher than, um, they're higher than, than flu numbers would be, you know, 650,000 over a two-year period. The thing is, Sean, you don't have to be – I'm not a COVID denier. I lost a family member in the first wave in Detroit in a care facility. So you don't have to be a COVID denier to look at this impartially and say, the lockdown measures don't work. You don't want to get sick or if you're at risk, you should probably stay home for a while or when your community yeah. is getting a surge. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, it, what doesn't make sense is doing some of these strict mandates that are closing businesses and shutting down schools and masking up kids. The science doesn't support that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, I'm not a COVID denier either. I, I, I believe it was real. I believe it, it, it. You know, it obviously had this effect. I too had people affected. Know people that died, neighbors and whatnot. Um, all of them had those pre-existing conditions you talk about. Number one, obesity. Um, but I do, I do. It did lead me to kind of think, where did it come from? In all of your research, were you curious as to where it came from, and did you buy the story that was told oh. to you by the government? No, so I
13: wrote my first draft of of, uh, of the the first book, Lockdowns on Trial, in April of 2020. I started at April 6th. In that for in those first two weeks, I wrote about the two theories, the the, um, uh, the theory of a jumping from an animal straight in the wet market, and and the lab theory. The lab theory is the only thing that ever really made sense. The the coincidences are just too high, and uh, and then the fact that there's almost undoubtedly a gain of function associated with this. Uh, I think I think it's it's crazy to not think the probability. I think the you know time will bear this out, but I would I would put it at you know ninety ninety five percent probability that it came from the lab, and I, I you know think does that's not even in question.
3: With all your research, all your experience in this, does the CDC or the government bureaucracies that are in control of the health in this country do they have any credibility left?
13: No. So I just wrote a lengthy piece on this last night that's getting posted on uh, brownstone, uh, the brownstone institute if anybody wants to check it out over the next couple of days. But, um, I, you know, I listed off all the things that the CDC got wrong. And 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 so I'd say the confidence in the CDC is is completely gone. Now, that doesn't make it existential. Uh, I think that, you know, Walensky's got to go. I think they've got to get new leadership. They've got to admit that they just got it wrong. on on a lot of the things COVID related from a science perspective. And then maybe a few years of getting it right on other things. Uh, I think the credibility can come back. So I really do believe that. But I would say right now confidence in, I just saw a post in in that article. I think it was something like 78% of people polled, uh, uh, felt like the public health within the United States was messaging at least one thing factually wrong or lying.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's what happened to me. In fact, when, it, when a bureaucrat says science, I hear lie, whether that is green energy or whether that's this. To me, they've lost all credibility for a millennium, and I don't think they're ever going to get it back, and they should privatize the entire thing, and that's the only way I'll ever have faith in it. That, and I want the people from Pfizer to be put in a Venezuelan prison like they were Sitco uh, uh, employees. What do you think about that?
13: <laughs> well, you know, the, it's, the, the Pfizer thing is a controversial thing that and, and Moderna. So there is protective benefit of the vaccines. That seems very real and the side effects. And so getting them, they made a, a lot of money off of this, but they also created a product under duress at a time that we weren't really sure. That's when the R&D started on this was in February and March of uh, 2020. So I think that there's a little bit of nobility in the product that was created and then the execution, the trial data that was released and the overall messaging of no harms, that's where we get into trouble with Pfizer and Moderna. On the front end of this, I'd say there was a bit of nobility and there was a bit of an emergency. I think that's real. So, uh, you know, calm huts prevail through this thing. And so um, but, you know, Pfizer and Moderna, they played by the rules, Sean. They played by the rules. The the
3: rules that were set by right by bureaucrat. Here's my thing. You know, when you test Viagra, which keeps the Chicago Democrat Party living. And when you test Viagra for 10 years and you test this for 10 minutes, I'm not putting it in my body or my kids. I feel that way. And what's a normal study of vaccines take? How long is it
13: to to seven years or so. Okay.
3: All right. Listen, Michael, I went long with you because I found it very interesting. That little ding you got on your phone for an Amazon sale, that was me. I highly recommend people go to Amazon and um, purchase Michael Beatrice's latest book, uh, COVID-19 Lockdowns or or Science Versus Lockdowns. I want to thank you for writing. I'm looking forward to your follow-up, and I'm going to sign it. Your favorite radio host, Michael Beatrice. You don't mind if I do that, do you?
13: I would love that. I think you might be.
3: <laughs> All right, thank you very much. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this.
11: AM 560, the answer.
3: These fracking Democrats. They just voted down a bill for the Keystone Pipeline. You know, it's—it's it's, at this point, it's just theater, and we're the ones that are paying the cost. They love it, the political pimps and whores that they are. $1.5 trillion. Nobody even knows what the hell's in it. We're trying to bring on a guy to talk about what's in it. They haven't released the pages yet. Thousands upon thousands. What a scam! The pandemic. When the autopsy of what broke America is done in a hundred years, it will be the year 2020, and the pandemic. Gain of function. Fauci invested. Pfizer opens up the facility in Wuhan. R&D. 2012. Boy, that paid off. Man, oh, man, I Mike, Southside.
1: Hey, hey, uh, you know, like uh, 45 minutes ago, you had a segment on where the guy was talking about, uh, you know, rainbows and whatever. And I told your call screener, you know, when I heard that, I just saw a unicorn fart glitter.
14: Nice. But <laughs>
10: nice. in, in your
14: segment,
1: you know, the, uh, the Wuhan Health Organization and the Center for Dominance
3: and Control, as far as I'm concerned, they, <laughs> they perform flawlessly in creating fear and panic and chaos in the world. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And, uh, you know, I was, when I was reading in Chicago the money that they spent on McCormick Place, how did that get taken care of in our new surplus that we just got when we got the welfare check? You almost have to love how they get away with the bribery, with the payoff schemes. It's really something to admire, and nobody does it like a Chicago Mafia Democrat. Thank you, Mike. South side. Stay safe. Buy one of those. McBath, did, um did Chevy ever get back to me on my Chicago edition Kevlar cars? You know... They burnt Oh, I didn't think about the carjacking. You know, you want to carjack a Kevlar car. Don, Chicago.
10: Hey, yeah. You know, I was listening to the radio today, um, and they talked about a couple of hospitals in Chicago. that magically had no COVID patients all of a sudden. And I found it a coincidence, one, the election's coming up. You know, they're going to start uh, running for election over the summer. And everybody doesn't want the vaccine. So, you know, a lot of people are fighting against it now anyway. The other thing I bet you are a Mac that's going to be a big coincidence is come the fall after the election, Pfizer and all these guys are going to say there's another variant of the COVID that's not serious, but you may need a vaccine again.
3: Don, you're going to get, get called the a conspiracy we'll theorist again and again. You're going to get called a conspiracy theorist. Aren't you nervous? Aren't you nervous? You're going to get called a conspiracy theorist. You're going to get called all kinds of names okay. by a bunch of Democrat scumbags. Doesn't that bother you? See, I don't think not it should all. bother you, because it isn't a conspiracy theory. It's identifying a conspiracy that worked. And the pandemic is exactly what worked, because without it, you wouldn't have this Democrat dimwit with dementia pretending to be the president. The only reason that that dimwit is in office is because they released the pandemic just the right time. It was perfect timing. Thank you, Don. I so appreciate it. No one wants to investigate the emails anymore. We're not talking about that. No one's talking about the origins. In fact, all we're going to talk about now is how to cover up the exact planned scheme by the Democrat mafia to forever bankrupt Americans, 50% of whom are already on welfare cheese. Now all they got to do is get about another 15, 20%, and it's all over with. And now you've got the perfect excuse. Oh, yes it's two oligarchs fighting each
7: and their assessment at this point continues to be that it will moderate by the end of the year there's also no question that when a foreign dictator invades a foreign country and when that foreign dictator is the head of a country that is the third largest supplier of oil in the in the world that that is going to have an impact and
3: so then you go to a dictator who's the second largest you know the guy with the big mustache like Tom Selleck except he's ugly things
5: come to bear when it comes to uh, to Venezuela uh, as well as to um, other countries um, around the world, where we have a multiplicity of interests and use diplomacy to try to, to advance them.
3: Like Iran? Oh, they're the good guys too now. Sure, they mutilate and beat their women and children. That's all right. They've got oil. We've got oil. But yet, nobody wants to touch it. You know, there's another problem with this Russia thing. No one's talking about it. Oh, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. And um, it would explain why they've been increasing food stamps, To record levels. Never even before imagined. In fact, right now, a family of four, $875 in welfare cheese. You get to spend on food. Well, the rest of us have to pay it out of our paycheck or what's left of them?
1: We're about six or so weeks away from planting season, and any farmer will tell you the fertilizer is just as important as the seed, but that fertilizer is getting harder to come by. Russia is one of the largest producers of fertilizer, Uh and with sanctions, the market just got a whole lot tighter, meaning prices are going up that is significant because the prices for some fertilizer had already more than doubled before the invasion due to covid supply chain issues and several major storms that's putting a lot of farmers like dave jolly in a tough spot having to decide whether to pay those higher prices switch to crops they don't need as much fertilizer or plant fewer crops altogether
3: all of that equals higher prices for you all of those choices are higher prices for you see when the common denominator of things goes up in price to a parabolic level, guess what happens? They go up in price. So when you're hearing all of the excuses and all of the of the discussions of so-called transitory inflation, and they tell you, don't worry, we know gas is up 38%, electricity up 9%, meat, poultry, and fish up 13.1%, milk up 112 not even the white rabbit milk, very hard to come by, eggs up 114 shoes up 7%, huh? Why would the shoes be? Because leather and all the rest of it, oil, 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 cigarettes, not that that matters, up 7.3%. Coffee, up 10.5%. Remember that those numbers that they're nervous about, they're released weeks before. Those are old numbers. This is before a rootin' and and Putin went in. And that's not
7: what the White House wants you to believe, though. You may have noticed this week that your gas prices have gone up. I want to talk to you a little bit about why. A lot of it has to do with Vladimir Putin. This is literally from the White House. The reality is is that Russia is one of the three largest oil producers in the world. Tell me more. And the fact that they have started this conflict, invaded a foreign country, and they are such a big producer of oil in the world, is the reason why the global oil markets are disturbed right now and why your gas prices are going up. The president's going to do everything he can to bring down the price of gas.
3: The president can't figure out why his diaper's wet. He's not going to do anything. You, the bureaucrats, the Marxist mafia in the administration are getting exactly what you want and then never forget there's the woman who went to poland just to make everybody feel better about their clothes kamala harris
8: thank you Uh, thank you madam vice president Uh, i wanted to ask you about some reporting that my colleague here in poland noticed he recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system is essentially not set up for this that it will collapse it's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks but not indefinitely And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think, and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees.
6: (laughs) OK. A friend in need is a friend (laughs) indeed. (laughs)
3: <laughs> okay, so heels up Harris, the greatest lunch date in all of Washington. She got the job because she's like Margaret Thatcher. She's brilliant. Brilliant. Things are going to be fine. Thank a Democrat. 312-642-5600. No more Democrats, Misty. Don't let them I mean not uh, Oh god, I missed the. I, I, honey bunny. No more Democrats. Don't let them slip through. We'll be back after this.
11: AM 560. The answer.
3: (laughs) I'll tell you what. Atrocities to the left of me. Atrocities to the right. Stuck in the middle with you. Jack and Valparaiso. John.
9: Yes. I got a little tip for Zelensky. He's holding all the cards. He's got two pipelines that go from Russia to Europe in his hands. All he's got to do is threaten everybody. Tell him, hey, this thing's going to get blown up. You're not going to get any gas. And hey, uh, Putin, we're going to blow up your pipelines. You're going to be able to sell any gas. The oligarchs out of my country now.
3: The, the oligarchs that own the country would be very upset if he blew those pipelines up because their gas runs well, too. Oh, it breaks my heart. He's going to yeah. die sooner or later. He may as well blow him up. Yeah,
10: All right, boy. You know. I hope He's your wife
3: left. You're the last guy to go you know? through a divorce and you just burn the house down. I see how it goes, Jack. I get it. Greg and Lagrange. <laughs> idiot hey how You're, you doing good how are you good
6: the mask, uh two purposes there right make you surrender to to say i quit i surrender i i put it on and it's also to break your spirit it's also to challenge everything that you you've learned as a child western civilization every lesson you learned make you think that that's not true and turn you inside out that's how it works with that that's a conditioning mechanism and the other thing that really gets my goat is, and this is no slam on any of the talk radio, but why is talk radio putting out their talking points where we can't get a lot of Republicans focusing on five distinct issues? And believe me, this administration in power in the government now has more than five problems where they're not out there hammering it every day. They would get FaceTime because the press wants FaceTime because that's how they exist. And I cannot understand why, why you can't find the leadership in our the party that we will support over the other party that's taking us down the road to Venezuela to just pound on this every week. I well, mean, just...
3: first of all they've neutered the Republican Party because the so so the large percentage of the Republican Party are corporatists themselves. So they're gonna really? benefit from this you gotta understand, they're benefiting from this inflation. The the power they have, the bribery that they are now uh enjoying and the rest of it, when this when this happens, this is the problem with a systemically corrupt government. They benefit Sean. from the failure of the economy. They don't. It, it, so you're you're you got what, about 30 percent of Republicans that are decent people. And I think I'm high on that.
6: You, you you might be, Sean. But look at look at the numbers that just came out with the break. Consumer consumer debt is is just rising rapidly.
3: Greg, who talked about this in December? I distinctly remember doing this show, going into Christmas, talking about how consumer debt had went parabolic. This isn't just happening today. This is the plan. And this is what you do when you have a society that believes that the country that keeps calling it the strongest doesn't need a war to hide their failure and isn't bankrupt even though it has to print money every single month. The evidence is very clear. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's a scam. And the Republicans that are in on it don't want it to end. And by the way, you watch what happens with the interest rates this month. Uh, You're here to hear first. Nothing. My offer to you is this nothing. And you'll pick up the gaming license fee. David and Lansing.
9: Hey, Sean. Uh, I just called in because this war is distracting many people from what would have happened had the war not happened. For example, I want to remind people of Tony Bobinski. And Hunter Biden, and they were going to create a company called Sinohawk, which stands for China and Hawk, which is bull Biden's favorite animal. And this company might have kept going. Imagine how much money this oil and gas company uh, would have made had you know Biden uh,
12: quit smoking crack
3: and
9: everything. Are and you are, are you together. are you
3: suggesting that they're not already making money and that? Igor Kolominsky, who got his oil company back after it was put into, into state hands, he got it back with the new president. Are you suggesting they're not still making money? They're still making money, brother. This is the play. This is the game. It isn't about providing service or devi- uh, you know, delivering a product. It's about having a monopoly on it. And these kind of conflicts, this kind of climate, eliminates the weak competition. And now that's all, all that's left is the strong corrupt competition think of insurance companies twelve years after Obamacare think about how many are left today think about how things have changed think about the money that's made in premiums and all the rest of it think about the corrupted hospitals even though we have fifty percent the doctors all lockstep with the government This is the greatest thing to ever happen to fascists. They like this kind of climate, which is why when they do a
7: production, they add music to it. For the American people. But there are a few facts you should be aware of. U.S. production of oil and gas is rising. In fact, in the first year of the Biden presidency, there was more oil and gas produced in the United States than the first year of the Trump presidency. And there's opportunities (laughs) to produce more from here. But part of this is on the oil companies. Right now, there are 9,000 approved unused permits. That This is how
3: you backdoor nationalize these oil companies. See, they don't like the way they're working. Forget about the bureaucracies that they use to hamstring them. Now they can use their failure as an excuse to Hugo Chavez. That Oh, you remember that name, don't you? He was a man of the people. He had a worker party unite. He was another quasi-socialist who is going to do great things and deliver utopia the same way the American Marxist mafia Democrat does. Your only real blessing here is that this old bastard is too old to be Hugo Chavez. The only way out of this is the weekend at Bernie's. Aside from that, inflation's going to last till you rip this fossil out of the office. Not to mention we can get rid of the diapers and just send them back to Nancy Pelosi's house where they belong. I'll be back after this. Way to get back. Love. I, I love listening to the advertisers. It's very important. And, you know, couldn't tell when that uh, diarrhea commercial started if there was another ad for Irving or not.
0: Uh, let's go oh to the line.
3: Jeff and New Lennox. Hey, how's it going, Sean? Good, Jeff. I like this. This is a, right, well, a cake of conspiracies. You go with it, baby.
10: Uh, okay, let, let me set this up. <laughs> so... The government spent the last two years locking everybody down and the last year plus trying to force a needle in everybody's arm. Just around the time, the majority of the country starts leaning back on some of these restrictions for COVID and the Ukraine-Russian conflict. Now, gas prices are already on the way up by many other ways absent the conflict. And, of course, it's certainly going to contribute to it now. But let's fast forward to the end of summer as we enter in the fall. And maybe, maybe national averages for gas prices hit double digits. Well, now we're in the cold and flu season. Lo and behold, all oh, the new COVID variant, all that conversation starts up again. New variant. Got to get the jab. Maybe the government then decides to subsidize a discount at the pump for anyone who
2: wants to get one.
10: I
3: like I, it.
2: I don't know. I maybe love where you're going it, with I it. I put it past
3: them. I love where you're going with it because you got you to nuance it, just a twist. See, because what they're telling you is actually a vaccine is not. It's an experiment. It doesn't work. That's why they came up with the word booster. Who the hell ever heard of a booster? You got to have a booster for something that (laughs) was supposed to work. You got a booster every three months. Booster, booster, booster. Even the people now who have somehow avoided Bell's Palsy and the Jimmy League, now they're going to need to be incentivized. So you're paying $10 a gallon. And uh, to Jeff's plan, you get it. You get 50% voucher for your next six months of fill-up. Jeff, I like it. I give it a thumbs up. You're on to something, kid. Good call. I'm all in. Maurice Berwin. Sean, I
12: I give you credit for, even when I disagree, brother, I give you credit for at least two things. uh, One, or three, one, you're tasting music. Two, uh, you're one of the few people I've ever heard admit that there are more white people on welfare than black people. It's It's never never a a race thing with me,
3: Maurice. Never a race thing with me. It has nothing to do with race. It's a a character. It has nothing to
12: do with race correct but you at least are the one of the first to ever hear talk about welfare and not say it's always all black people you said that one of us have to respect that because there are white people in welfare yeah. um it, it, three you do a fantastic job talking about the financial issue and as i told the screener middle-class individuals tear ourselves apart for these times and i've been through enough presidents in my lifetime to see the nothing changes on the ground level why do you think Republicans cannot explain financial issues as well as you do? Because you really break it down quite well. Why do you think Be- the basic conservatives cannot do it the way you do?
3: Because I think of it as it, it comes from a lot of, of, of college knowledge, which is really kind of acceptance of the Keynesian corruption in, in what, is, what they call capitalism, but as I call it, propertyism. There's, the college knowledge does to capitalism what it's done to everything. It gives it a patina of acceptable government manipulation and mitigation, and in there lies the problem. Because, uh, so there's a there's a lot of guys that think that the, that governments are made up of of angels versus men, and that they should show favoritism. When I am a laissez-faire capitalist, I believe in absolutely no favoritism. Kishan,
12: yeah, because, because poor is poor. A poor black person, the poor white person, you're absolutely. still poor, and if you just broke it down that way. My dad would tell anyone. He's 80 years old, retired from General Electric and Cicero, He would tell anyone the most money he ever made was under Reagan. He's yeah. never a Republican.
3: And Maurice, there's another thing. If if you had think about this, and I you know I, I hate doing the the black and white thing, but let's just do it for a minute. If you had black people understand that the system was set up so that even if they achieved their goals and say they 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 made two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but due to a punitive Pro, uh, progressive tax system, they would actually keep less than they than they were entitled to, that you, they would be paying 50% in taxes. It is a system that is rigged to even steer your investments and even steer industries so that you can take different benefits rather than what I think the only true American system should be is a flat tax, and it should not be high, because that would allow the black community to not be beholden to a party that represents for them what they think they should be given rather than go in and earn. See, to me, I just want the right to earn it. Don't, tell, don't limit me. When you have a government built on limiting people, you have a tyrant. You have a master. And that's what I want to rip down. A hundred percent. That's why I say I give you credit for those things, man. Great okay. show. Oh, thank you, Maurice. I love it. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that call. And that's, this is politicians need to tap into the most evil the most vicious of all human characteristics and that is envy they need to stoke the divide and in that stoking what they what they've learned is not only is the success their success actually failure but people will give them power and they will turn over to them a responsibility that the american government was never supposed to have And only the governments where people fled from all have. And that is manipulation over your economy, manipulation over property. The American government is not supposed to have that. But you accept that. And we're all now slow-cooked into believing it. And that's why some people realize, you know, I'm better off in on this scam than fighting against it. I, I don't feel that way. Because money comes and goes. Money comes and goes. It's not about the money. It's about the opportunity to have the money. And it's about the, the respect of property once you get it. These are all things that the American government can take away at the drop of a hat. And I'll tell you what I mean. Everyone's chanting that the oligarch properties are seized. Banks around the world, foreign banks, American banks, let's confiscate the money. But wait a minute. That's not the deal. If you didn't want their money, you knew they were oligarchs in the first place, don't take it. Don't lure them into your bank. Don't sell them the property. You know, you could have that argument. But now you've taken their money, and now you, you arbitrarily take their, their property rights away because you've called them oligarchs right now in, uh, in Great Britain. There's an oligarch, Russian oligarch, but he also is a steel company owner who provides steel. He owns the, the company in Great Britain. He also owns one of their football teams, soccer games, whatever the hell they call it. So they're just going to take his money. But you lured him there. You accepted him when he brought the steel mill and hired tens of thousands of people. You accepted him when he bought the football team. And you, and now you've arbitrarily, without a trial, you've seized his property, just like you did to how many billions around New York. But when they were buying the condos for $100 million, there you accepted them. You see, be, be aware of what you're doing. You're giving power to political whores who want to be the pimp. And that's how you lose a society. We're already lost. But can you get it back? In there lies the only question left. David and Lombard.
12: Hi, I wonder. uh, I don't think Kamala Harris could ever solve any problem intentionally. But what if they inadvertently sent her over there to Russia, talked to Putin, and she did her political magic, and uh, he decides to remove himself from Ukraine?
3: Now, are you suggesting that that? she does the exact same political magic that she did when she was 29 to the 60-year-old Sweet Willie Brown, and you don't want to know why they call him Sweet Willie? Right. All right. I like where you're going. Oh my God. I like it, David. I'll tell you what. We got a better chance with Kamala and a lap dance than we do Blinken and a strategy. We'll be back with the rest of your phone calls. 312-642-5600 after this.
11: AM560, the answer.
3: This country is where people of all genders, all religions, all skin tones had the best quality of life had the best opportunity to improve their life, the best opportunity to follow their dreams, whatever they were. We produce the more ethnic millionaires than anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Venezuela. How many citizens that are not related to Maduro have a high quality of life or not in the government? How many? Cuba? I don't think so. That's why so many of those citizens who fled that oppression come here and become the best Americans. That's the kind of thing you have to focus on. That's what the Democrat mafia must prevent people from realizing. They have to keep the hatred. That's their game. Carlos Hoffman states.
2: Hey, listen, Shawnee man, I want to ask you: What do you think it's going to take for Hispanic people to finally wake up and realize?
3: I'm on the phone with one.
2: Because
3: I'm on the phone with one.
2: If you
10: think about it, if you, exactly, man. If you think about it, Hispanic people are very religious. Family-orientated, savers, hard workers, entrepreneurs. I'm just like, what, when are my people going to wake up, bro? You know what I'm saying? So you'll
3: have to understand. Now, you know, you know, you know the area. I grew up in Melrose Park. There were Italians. Right. There were, there were Mexicans, half of which yep. were not there legally. Those were the ones. Those were my right. friends. Now, some of them took a, a side turn, but the vast majority became entrepreneurs, became businessmen. You know why? Back in the 70s, you couldn't go on welfare if you weren't a citizen. You couldn't even go to school if you yeah. were a citizen. There was all kinds of all problems yeah. and restrictions, so they had to. Yeah, the Sean, Sean. Go ahead. But back then, sorry to interrupt you, but back no. then
2: there was a stigma about being on public health. You know what exactly. I mean? My dad, you know, came from Puerto Rico, he's
10: like, "No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take government help. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna do this myself. You know what I'm That's, saying? Like, there's no more stigma anymore. People are proud for that. You know what I mean?
3: That's a, that is a testimony to a lack of character, but that's because the, 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 the stigma has been bastardized and it has been intentionally. You've now got people believing they're entitled to live like a wealthy man because they exist, therefore they are. That's the socialist agenda. And here's the other thing. They have to simultaneously sell sacrifice, individual sacrifice with that. In there is the problem. They can't sell that to everybody. Because the greatest thing for the, for, the, for the American party or for conservatism or for capitalism is when somebody starts to attain their goals and their wealth. And then they understand the aggravation of only living on 50% of what you make in the name of somebody else who has more virtue. They're entitled to more of your money than you are. And when people experience exactly. that, they'll never vote Democrat again. The problem is we have too few that take advantage of that. But, Carlos... They're starting to wake
2: up, though. They're and starting here's the other to thing. wake up. I hear them talking, man.
3: doesn't matter if you're Hispanic and I'm Norwegian and Italian. It doesn't matter if Maurice is black. None of that matters. It matters if our character is aligned with the virtue of Americanism. All of that goes by the wayside. And this is the only country where all three of us could attain our dreams. At least it was before we started letting politicians stop us from going to funerals and get-togethers and work in there lies the problem. Thank you, Carlos. I love the call. James in Chicago. Man, great talk.
14: I'm an indigenous American, and um, we all are here playing Monopoly. <laughs> no, I, I, we're being played. Well, we're not being played because we understand. Like, you, you're stepping up, and you're speaking as an American citizen, which I am. Okay,
3: uh-huh.
14: and we know that collectively now we have a voice, and we're telling the politicians what we want, and they must, you know, they they, they have to, to show their hands now.
3: Well, you James, know? the other thing, too, that we got used to is they give us lip service, both parties, right, they give us lip service. We've allowed well, them I, I, to, I, to I, carve out I, I, laws I, I, where they profit from policies, James. And it's going to take people of all parties, it's going to take people of all genders and all races to stand up and say, you politicians can no longer profit from, from government policies. The idea, James, that people of all denominations, whatever the case is, that any American thinks it's okay for politicians in the dark of night to pass a bill of $1.5 trillion of debt and then or have already front-run stock plays where the money's going to go right to these companies, and they all become worth millions of dollars. That's simply no, that's, wrong. So we have to identify release, right and wrong, and we have to stick to it.
14: That's an idea. They can release a debt by giving us all one acre or two acres of land. Okay, we pay tax on it. We go put a house on it. I mean, that's just where I'm at right now. Give well, you know, all. you know,
3: you know, James. Here's the here's the thing. I like that because that's what you want, right? But what about the guy, like let's say Dan Proft, Dan Proft who has the morning show. He's not going to get married. He has no kids. He's not interested in cutting grass. He wants to live in a condo. So the the problem you have to understand, too, James, there are no blanket solutions for individual situations. The only one that does that is somebody that lets you make the decision of what you want to do. What I want to do is let you keep 100% of your money and only pay taxes on anything you purchase. That's it. The idea that the federal government takes 50% of your money, 30% of your money, and then charges oh. you sales tax on everything you buy, and then charges you real estate tax on stuff you already bought. In there lies a the problem. We accept too many layers of taxes, and that's how we solve it. But number one, we have to become united and say the working man who makes the world go around, he pays 16% and not a dollar more, whether he makes $10,000 or $10 million, because I'd rather have you have your money than Nancy Pelosi, than a Republican, I'd rather have, James, I have more faith in you having your money than a government that smells of corruption through a TV screen. Thank you, James. Love the call. And that's what we have to get back to. The only restraints in this country are not to be on any of us. Not on James, not on Maurice, not on Carlos, not on me, not on you. The only restraints in this country are to be on the politicians. But yet they have an unfettered life. There are no rules. There are no limits to their profiting, to their piracy. All the limits are on us. All they need now is a phenomenal excuse. That's all you really need is a phenomenal excuse.
7: Oil and gas companies could tap into now to ramp up production. So what the president is doing is ensuring we're taking steps here to get more oil out into the global marketplace.
3: That's a bald-faced lie. He's not doing that at all. He's hired bureaucracies. He's got his phony science. He's got all the rest of it. Our willingness to accept these lies is the problem. It's time to call them what they are. Liars. Pippy Lie stocking. 312 642 5600 I'll be back.
11: AM560, the answer.
3: You gotta be kidding me, man. I, I was listening to the news with Nikki Whaley. So when Pritzker was elected, the tax on a gallon of gas was 31 cents. Now Three years into the fat bastard's tutelage, it is $0.63, and on top of that is $0.19 federal, which means $0.82 between state and federal taxes, $0.82. And when asked about it, he said, oh, this is a world problem. No, you corrupt piece of dung. It's not even half of that in Florida,
2: not even half.
3: That's what it's like to live in a mafia state. Keep voting Democrat, you dumb bastards. You're going to get what you deserve. Sam on the south side. Some call me the sage from South Central. Sam, you were interrupted, but here's the good news. You were interrupted by Larry Elder. There's not a better person to be interrupted by. Hi, Sam. I'm
10: a fan of Larry Elder, and I want to say, Sean, I appreciate you speaking up. And to uh, one of your previous callers who said uh, what's it going to take people's eyes to open up, well, people's eyes are opening up. They're becoming privy to what's really going on. And it took this war going on right now for me to realize I've been lying to my whole life. I'm ashamed to be an American right now. And what messed me up even more is that I'm a parent. My whole world is for my little boy. And I am not. I don't feel like I'm doing my job as a parent if I don't do something right now. And I'm going to start something. Um, I'm thinking of ideas where I can get start some kind of movement going. But it has to stop. We have to take our country back. And it's going to start from the top to the bottom, all in Washington. All these fake Republicans and these neocons that have taken over our country in the name of greed and use NATO and war to
3: do it. Oh, Sam, I'm not going to get an argument. You're not going to get an argument, which is rare for me. You're not going to get one on any of those points. So I want to ask you a question because you're exactly what Illinois needs to change things around. So you're obviously not going to vote for this beanbag with a pumpkin on it, calling himself Governor Pritzker. You're obviously not going to vote for the shenanigans of Irving. Who are you going to support in the primary? Which I believe goes off what was it, June twenty eighth, McBeth? I don't remember. June twenty eighth. Who would you vote for in the Illinois primary?
10: I'm gonna to have to look at the candidates and what I want to look at exactly is who they're affiliated with, who they're married to, who that who that family is into, because it's all these big families that are taking over America. And if people want to wake up and read something, I encourage you to look up a person named Larry Fink, the black box yeah. CEO.
3: Oh yeah. Blackrock. Don't forget Blackstone, the bastard child of Blackstone. Blackrock. Thank yeah, Black. just hard. just this shenanigans. All all of them. In fact, the Blackstone. Damn it, I I, I blacking out on his name. I I might have mentally blacked it out, but I will look it up for you. He is a teacher in a communist college in uh, China. It's really something to see. Stephen Schwartzman. Look at this. Or no, no, no. CEO uh, Blackstone.
10: he's yeah, the CEO of Blackstone. Yeah, he's I believe. the
3: CEO of Blackstone, Schwartzman. And then Mitch McConnell's brother-in-law is the CEO of a, divi- of a division. I mean, the, it, 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 So you want to know why the Republicans aren't putting up an argument against it? That's why. The corruption is systemic. So now I'm going to help and you. You know what? I want you to look the, at Gary uh, Rabine. Gary Rabine is the Gary only Raybine. guy in the race who was a worker. He's the only guy. He, he started an asphalt company and made a tremendous amount of money. He, he started 33 companies. He's the only guy that's not a politician. And you want to know something what's interesting? You know, Sam, I argued with a lot of Trump policies. I didn't like a lot of them, and I didn't like anybody he had around him. I didn't. But what he did in a very short period of time, looking at things from the perspective of actually American success in business, is what brought that economy onto us. It's why they had to, you know, strategize to destroy the economy to get this, this welfare roach in, promising more welfare and some dream. So, Sam, I think it can be turned around. And if it can't, Sam, for your little boy, and I know it might be uncomfortable, and believe me, I had this argument within my own family, get yourself to high ground. What I mean by that is get yourself to a red state that protects Sam and his son as the individuals rather than viewing you as a collective. That's my advice to you, all right? Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate it very much. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. How are you doing today? Very good. How are you?
2: Good. Listen, I was just going to comment on what you were saying earlier about your hometown here in Illinois and uh, illegal immigrants. And My personal opinion is is that we got to get that border built and we uh, the wall, and if you're an illegal immigrant, you have to come here legally. Otherwise, you should not be anything constitutionally, no social services, no welfare, well, that's, nothing. That,
3: that's number one policy. Number one policy is that uh, legal immigration, and by the way, you'd be amazed how many people uh, in the 70s who may have started out as an illegal immigrant want the wall built and want the wall secured because it's their neighborhoods that are being destroyed by the cartel drug trade. So I don't think you're going to find too many arguments anymore. But what you need is a sense of a streamlined citizenship process, number one, based on merit, number two. And you need to completely revamp the welfare system, which unfortunately has lured so many people into it, and I understand why, especially when you've corrupted it so much so that a family of four receives benefits in excess of $50,000, and you're asking them to go to work. So let's, let's have an honest conversation about it, and let's understand that the Democrat mafia needs people, willful slaves, and they've created a system to entice them, and now it's our job to destroy it. That, and let's put some training facilities, some army bases along the border. What do you mean wall? Forget about it. Let's put all kinds of training facilities for all kinds of police departments for all divisions of the military all along the border. Two birds, one stone. And in between them, we put prisons. I like it. Come across, I dare you. Mike, Geneva.
12: Hey, Sean. Uh, I I like your wall talk. It's interesting. You mentioned earlier about Richard Irvin and shenanigans. I mean, maybe I haven't been paying close enough attention. What is it that you don't like about Richard Irvin?
3: I don't like anything about him, but let's start with number one. He voted for Joe Biden. And you know me, brother. If you voted for this, shut your mouth and pay the cost. You deserve everything you get. And you're not a man. You're nothing. You're an adversary to American principles and Americanism. Not to mention he spent the bulk of his life as a Democrat. He's a fraud, oh. de to fraud. And I don't like anything about him. What do you like about him, aside from the commercials which he's running because he hired... The most expensive people because he has Ken Griffin's money.
12: Sure. That's the part that I guess, I mean, literally, I guess I'm not enough informed about it. So he he has turned. You're just saying he's kind of an opportunist then in the short term here. He sees. Okay.
3: And then take a look at Aurora. Take a look at their shopping center with the Chinese ownership. And take a look at at the kind of skullduggery that went into the village. And then take a look at the fact he mandated the village employees, both with the vaccine and the masks and the whole nine yards. He was a totalitarian prior to deciding to run as a Republican. So to me, oh, that totally Republican just, Democrat, especially in Illinois, it means nothing to me. By the way, I feel the same about Durkin, the same about the Brady's and Pick Up Brady. To me, they're all scum, and I think it's time to to get rid of the the roaches, clean the house in the Republican party. It's time to get yeah, rid of those roaches. Been around please.
12: forever. Do you have someone that you at least? Uh, I mean, at this point, are you favoring
3: Gary Raybain? Gary Rabine okay. is the only candidate I fully support. I don't mind Bailey, but there are things I don't like.
9: Okay. Very How's good.
3: It? You know what I mean? But you, know, I, you ask Macbeth. Macbeth is the only pot-bellied guy I like. Thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate it very <laughs> much. 312-642-5600. It's time to reject the nonsense. It's time to reject the lies. And when you're being lied to by both parties, You can only clean the party you pretend to be a a member of. You can't fix the Democrats. They're in on this scam. Mike Madigan goes away. Are they ashamed of him? Are they aware of what he's done for 50 years? The kind of Republicans that are in office in Illinois are the kind that cozied up to Madigan versus fight him. There's maybe a few downstate. There I'll give Bailey a, 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 a shot. He did fight him. He did fight him. Bailey put up a fight against the Madigan mafia. He's number two. But my number one is Mine. I'm going to tell you the truth. That's all I can do. And in the meantime, when Pippi Lysnogging, when the Democrats come out and make an excuse, or when you're suffering from inflation, I want you to be aware of something. Taxes, for the most part, of sales taxes, are based on the price of items. So we just went through the Illinois taxes on gas, right? 82 cents when you combine the federal tax. The sales tax, the percentage tax. Goes up that much more when your products go up 14%, 38%, 11%. They're making more money. Inflation is not the government's enemy. It's their friend. It's their weapon. It's why they create it. It's why they enjoy it the whole time telling you they can fix it. How do they fix it? By subsidizing you more. Don't buy into it. 312 642
11: 5600. AM 560.
3: The answer. All right. I'm going to play a little clip of what I like in a politician. He's a guy out of Texas. His name is Chip Roy. I really like this son of a gun.
1: This
8: is a gentleman from Texas Rise.
3: Reserving the right to object.
8: Gentleman's recognized.
1: Uh, thank you, Madam Speaker. A number of my colleagues have asked me why I have made at least two objections tonight with respect to motions to lay on the table and to have reconsideration. And I just want to remind the chamber that we're here to do the job of the American people. We're here to vote. And earlier tonight, we had a voice vote of somewhere around $16 billion of continuing resolution spending to push forward government spending to the night of the 15th. And it is my considered judgment and the judgment of many of my colleagues that we should have the right to debate that and vote on it. And we had nobody in the chamber here when we thought and we were under the good faith belief that we would actually have a vote on that tonight.
3: So they have parliamentary procedures that bastardize our representative republic. They're passing bills without reading them, without discussing them. They're cramming them through. This not only destroys states, it destroys countries. That's the kind of people you need to fight off the corruption that we're so accustomed to. Tony, Riverside.
8: Hey, Sean, it's Tony. How are you?
3: Wonderful, Tony.
8: Yeah, how come you never talk about that the Republican Party here isn't putting anybody up to run against Tammy Duckworth?
3: I thought I said that the Illinois Republicans, I hate them just a little better. Yeah, we than hate them. Listen, okay.
8: you need to check into Peggy Hubbard.
3: Who do I got to check into?
8: Her name's Peggy Hubbard.
3: Peggy Hubbard? Yeah. Right, we'll we'll yes. right on. All right. And very
8: good. Yeah. She's she's trying to run against Tammy Duckworth with no help from the Brother,
3: GOP. I mean, I mean, sister, that corruption in that Democrat mafia. Around Duckworth? I think he doesn't
8: want it anyway, to be honest. Dude. Around so many of these people. I am going to her name out there because yeah. if you All start right. looking her up, I think you're going to be impressed.
3: We will look. We will look. Troy Dixon. Love the name. Hey, John. I have H- name Troy. Go ahead.
10: So, I love your show, man. Thank you, I'm brother. I'm curious why you think Ray Vine's better than Bailey.
3: Ray Bine is a very successful businessman who built the businesses who didn't want to get into politics. I happen, I've had okay. the, the, the fortune of, of meeting him. I tried to talk him out of it, Troy. Tried to talk him out. I'm literally I mean, I I said, listen, Gary, are you out of your mind? It's not uh-huh. anymore an option in a state that would not only elect Pritzker. I mean, are that many people that ignorant of the Pritzker legacy and corruption with the with the the Chicago mafia? It's the, it's the kind of, uh, of Illinoisan that would put in Sean Caston and Laura Underwood, who didn't have a driver's license from the state and lived with her mommy and daddy, as a congressperson. I mean, you know, Troy, at that point, it's, a, it's more of a reflection of the citizen, the caliber of character in the Illinoisan, which I think is, is, is very low. So I didn't want to see him waste his money. I tried to talk him out of it. He wants to do it for all of the reasons you listen to me, because he's an American. He wants his country back. He doesn't care about the money. And, by the way, it's it's his money. Like Irving's burning up just some guy's money. Gary's burning his money. So that's a big that's thing early. for me. You know what I mean? That's a man that puts his money where his mouth is, and I like that in a guy. Thank you, Troy. Love the name. Love it. Jim, Palos Park. Once again, I love your show. I love you. You're the best benefit to this
2: rotten town called Chicago where I was born. You know? But... This country got strong by trading between 50 states. Who had the nerve to pass free trade without having a referendum of the American people? Eight out Jim, of ten people I
3: talked to want trade for us, not for China. But you've got to understand, I mean, some of what you said is, is true, but you've got to understand what really unfettered, laissez-faire propertyism as it's called capitalism is and then you have to read the federalist papers and you have to reflect on exactly what did build our economy and it's not just the trade between states it's the trade between anybody and the ingenuity of the american businessman who may want to import or export so there's it's a little bit complex and this idea that we have to cut other people out to compete is a falsehood and by the way it's a failure and i'll Go with this. There's a 25% tariff on Japanese cars. And the reason is because they'd expose the weakness in American cars. I want absolute competition where everybody wins, but they'd have to get rid of the labor mafia unions to do so. It protects corruption in the American system, so I want to rip that all apart. God, I can't believe the show's over. I want to talk about this for another hour. I'll be back in 21.